Welcome to Relatable Rhetoric. I'm your host, Adrian Robertson, and on this show, I drop you into real-life stories of wifehood, parenthood, and life as a Black woman. Every episode holds a mirror up to women's lives to find ways to avoid burnout. It's a mix of sarcasm, unending topics we can all relate to, and reassuring reminders that women can find their stride. Hey, y'all. So first thing, happy upcoming Mother's Day to all my moms out there. This Sunday is Mother's Day, and so this episode is specifically for you. If you are not a mom or a parent, then I want to ask you to do me a favor. You know, I'm all, I'm all about these favors, right? Like I, I started the trailer asking favors. <laughs> Um, but I, I trust y'all and I feel comfortable with y'all. So if you're not a parent and you're planning to skip this episode um, on your way out, I will ask if you will go and either rate the podcast, share the podcast, give a comment about the podcast on any of the platforms that you listen on. Um, anything you can do to help spread the word um, about what we're doing here. We are a growing community. I see more and more of you guys, excuse me, listening and tuning in. And so, yeah, as you as you head on out, if you're like, Mm-mm, this one ain't for me, we ain't talking about kids today. <laughs> Will you take a moment to do that before um, before you go or as you go, I should say. Um, and if you're going to stick around, that's fine too. Um, we're going to have a little bit of fun. So in this episode, we are talking about ways to make parenting easier. Like, is that such a, is that a thing? Is that a real thing? Or can like, is parenting just always hard? No, <laughs> I definitely took some time to really try to fit, think about the things that I have struggled with and things that I wish that other people had told me um, as I entered motherhood. (laughs) And so I'm going to share those with you. And it's not all about, you know, how we can serve these kids. (laughs) Uh, There is some in here for you specifically, mom. Okay. Because as we have heard a million, billion, trillion times, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So yes, some of this is about how to restore yourself as you raise those kids, okay? So I have a few I'm gonna get started because I don't want it to run too long. Y'all know I can be a little uh, <laughs> winded. So I'm yeah, I'm, a, I'm gonna go ahead and get to these. So number one, I think the biggest hurdle, one of the biggest hurdles of parenting is simply accepting that life is not the same and it will never be. (laughs) Once you become a mom, there is a conscious of being a mom that it doesn't matter if you have the day off, the weekend off, if you take a week off, if you send your kids away for a summer, you are still aware of the fact that you're a mom. And that has an impact on you. Have you heard of mom guilt? Okay, because I have it often. Um, or just that concern, that worry, or you know, wanting to know that your kids are all right. It's real. Um, but I think the first thing 
we have to do is really accept that that life has changed because it can be hard when you, oh my gosh, when you romanticize of the days before kids. <laughs> that alone will have you, you know, in the whole depression. You'll be like, this life ain't for me. <laughs> Um, but you know, once you get to that place where you're like, you know what, this is my new normal. Okay. Just like with the pandemic, with the mask wearing, with the testing, with the temperatures, all of that, that we've accepted very quickly in the course of a year to two years now going on two years, um, in the same way that we've adjusted, right. And we have pivoted to accept this new normal you have to do the same with parenting and just know that, you know, while there are, you know, so many rewarding things that come with parenting, um, there are going to be times when it is not easy. And that's, that's okay. That's a part of the mom journey. And that will make all of these other suggestions <laughs> so much easier. Um, and just your journey as a parent in general will be easier. And once you just accept that, um, you know, whatever your life was like before kids, that, that now it's different. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be, you know, hard all the time, but it is different. All right, moving right along. Now we got that out of the way. <laughs> this one is for you. Rest. Rest is so important because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yeah, you can be edgy. Okay, maybe I'm talking about me. I can be edgy <laughs> if I don't have enough rest. And if you remember what those first weeks and months are like as a parent, being sleep deprived made everything harder. And you tend to think, well, well, well yeah, my baby was waking up every two hours around the clock. Of course, I was sleep deprived. Of course, I was tired. And as you start to have more and more of your night, get more and more of your night back, and you're resting, you know, five hours, six hours, seven hours at a time, you tend to think that, okay, well, I'm, I'm now I'm getting rest again. Well, sleeping even just eight hours and nine hours a night is not necessarily rest. Yes, you want to aim for that absolutely get those hours of sleep at night. If you can do that, make it happen. Um, but rest is also not being a busybody all around the clock. Rest is also not, it is also having those moments where you don't have to be a mom, right? Where you can, someone else is taking on the load and you can relax, you can binge watch a show, you can have some wine, you can scroll on your phone without somebody saying mommy, mommy, mommy down your throat or, you know, bothering you. <laughs> Um, there are so many different forms of rest and you know what rejuvenates you. You know what type of rest works for you. You A cat not might do it for you or you might need a day, you know, where you are like, I need a reset and I need to take this whole day to rejuvenate myself. And so if as much as you can incorporate rest and rest, um, opportunities to rest into your schedule, into your day, um, the easier parenting will be. And you'll be a much better, much happier, much more. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to like, I'm using hand gestures as if y'all can see me, but um, you will play nicer. Okay. With the kids. 
<laughs> or just one because you don't have to have multiple, you know, for it to become overwhelming. But it, you it just makes the day smoother when you are rested, because we know at the drop of a dime, when a child is not rested, they become cranky, frustrated, whiny, needy. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you just need to take a nap. Um, yeah, apply that same thought process to yourself because we are the same way where, you know, kids are just small people, small people. Okay. And then the same way that they can become very difficult to work with and cooperate and just communicate to, um, we are just like that as adults. So if you're not rested, your child trying to communicate to you, even though on a good day, you can navigate that pretty quickly and, and well, if you're tired, you're like, what are you, what are you saying? What do you want? What is it you need? You know, you're like on edge. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Your health and your mental health. And I have to put this one in there because it's so important. I cannot gloss over the fact that if you are not taking care of yourself, if you are not feeding your body types of foods that is going to um, nourish you, that is going to give you nutrients, vitamins, energy. Okay, um, then it is going to make parenting harder. Um, if you have ever struggled with um, being overweight or um, having any type of high blood pressure, or heck, if you've had a cold and you've had to be a mom, it is very difficult. So the more that we take care of our own bodies and ourselves, the better able and more equipped we are to take care of somebody else. Okay, put your oxygen mask on first and then theirs. And then of course, mental health. You know, it, we as humans, okay, this is not a parent thing. We don't have it all figured out. We go through life, we have experiences, we have trauma, we have hurts and heartbreaks and uh, things that discourage us um, so much. I mean, we even have some wins that can be uncomfortable at times, right? That we don't always know how to navigate on our own. Talking some, to someone, whether it's a licensed professional or a friend, will serve you well because it gives you a chance to not only vent, but also receive. Okay. You get a chance to <clears throat> hear from someone else that is, that may have an objective opinion or, or piece of advice that can help you to see the forest. Okay. Sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees. And so taking that time to check in on you, see where you are, see, do you need to talk to someone? Do you need a moment alone? Do you need to journal, you know, to just figure out what you're feeling? Um, would it help if you um, started therapy, uh, started counseling? Would it help if you found some books on whatever things are you're struggling with, not just parenting. Yes, there are so many books and resources for parenting. And I absolutely encourage you to look into those because um, there are so many, oh, parenting is deep. Okay. There are things that, that come up that you're like, whoa, I was not expecting this. I wasn't prepared for this. How do I go about this? Absolutely. But some things are just pertaining to us in our own experiences that have nothing to do with parenting, but they do impact you, you know, you know, your parenting, but they also impact your health and your mental health. So if you are not tending to those things, then 
there becomes a barrier between you and your child in, in ways that you might not even notice, but they exist. And you're like, I can't figure out why I'm struggling with this with my child or why my child won't open up to me or when my child is angry with me. And they are things that are really rooted in your personal makeup and your personal experiences that have kind of bled into your parenting experience. Um, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm going to leave that there because I feel like I could talk about that like forever. Um, and I have so many examples from my own experience as a parent as well as being a child to a parent who did not tend at all to their mental health. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going I'm just going to sit that on the table and sip this water. Give me one second. <clears throat> OK. The next, which is uh, number four, kids really thrive with structure and a schedule. <clears throat> so as much as possible that you can provide that to them, try. You just have to try. Now, you know, kids, they are a little people, so they have preferences and they have things that work for them and things that don't, but you won't figure out what those are without giving it a try. Um, so, you know, if it's naps, if it's, you know, when they eat, when they wake, when they have, you know, their morning routine, their bedtime routine, their bathing routine, if you set it up to where they can expect these things on a regular basis at this time every day, they know what to expect. They can now prepare themselves both physically and mentally for these changes throughout the day. And it's not a whole meltdown every time you say it's bedtime. <laughs> um, and if they are in daycare or school, try to mock that schedule because that they spend majority of their time there. I mean, it sounds like what? No, they don't. They spend a good portion. OK, like if we could say at least half of their time throughout the week is spent at school, I would I would definitely argue that. So. And because they are on this schedule at school or daycare, they see other kids doing these things. And that's like a bit of peer pressure, right? Like, oh, they're eating the vegetables. I'm going to try the vegetables. Oh, they're laying down to take a nap. I'll lay down and take a nap. Oh, they're sitting quietly and listening to story time. I'll sit quietly and listen to story time. So they already have this recollection of what other kids are doing, right? And they want to be a part of that. So when you mock that at home, not only is it comforting because, oh, I we do this during the week, you know, and I'm used to this, but it's also making them feel like they are a part of a larger social structure, like I'm doing something that other kids do. Um, so, you know, things like naps and eating times and story times, you know, as much as you can learn about their schedule and the things that they eat, because I'm telling you, daycare and school will introduce some foods to your kids that you never thought that they would even blink at. OK, and they will eat it and you'll get a notification. Like I get notifications from my son's daycare and it's like, oh, he ate all of this. And I'm like, he ate what? Hey, don't be eating like that for me. <laughs> so, and you know, it may just be a repetition thing. You know, they, they was like, nah, the first time. And then the second time they, they ate it. So, um, yeah, I would definitely suggest trying to, um, set up a structure and a schedule and you try as much as you can to mock the, the daycare or school schedule if they go. All right. Number five. Um, allow your kids to figure things out on their own. And this includes <laughs> boredom, 
and sibling rivalries. Or as my notes say, sibling beef. <laughs> um, this one is big, especially if you have kids who are slightly older. So, you know, as your kids are young and they're trying to become self-sufficient and independent, if they want to try things on their own, encourage them to do that. They want to put their coat on by themselves. They want to put their shoes on by themselves. They want to brush their teeth by themselves. They want to um, feed themselves. They, all these things that we are doing for them over time, of course, they want to do it for themselves. Yes, it may take longer and it can be frustrating because you're like, you're not doing it right or you're not doing it fast enough. Let them figure it out because this is a very important life skill of, of problem solving and critical thinking. So give them a chance to figure it out. You know, if you know that they're going to take forever, wake up earlier. <laughs> like that was one thing I had to do for myself is like wake up earlier if you want to empower your kids to do things on their own because you know that they're going to take longer so speaking to the boredom and the sibling rivalry well if you constantly are offering them solutions to boredom whether it's entertaining them okay being their source of entertainment giving them a device um giving them activities and tasks then they are going to continue to turn to you when that boredom kicks in. And that can be so nerve wracking. Like it can be exhausting to the point where you're like, I am done with this parenting life. Not that you could ever truly be, but you have that feeling of overwhelm. And so by allowing them to be bored and then figure out how to, to deal with that boredom, which is being creative, you encourage their sense of, um, what's the word, their imagination. You encourage them to use their imagination to have fun. Like I remember being a child and for the most part, always being bored. But in those really bored, bored moments, I would go color and I would play school and I would go outside and play and I would do all these little weird random projects around the house and whatnot. And my mom was almost like the last my mom and my dad were the last solution, you know, like I wasn't going to them for, you know, help me figure out what to do now. Cause they were looking at me like I'm over here doing bills. Like I remember, so I have so many memories of my mom sitting at the table um, doing what she called paperwork. <laughs> and she was not about to come play with me. Like, and I'm not saying you can't play with your kids. I, that is not what I'm saying. But there does become a time where playing with them, it becomes with all they know. If it does become all that they know, then they will continue to rely on you for that. So when you need to step away to use the bathroom or wash dishes or put on a load of laundry, or if you just want to read a book, they're at your neck. They're you know, coming at you like, well, what are we going to do now? Well, what are we going to do now? And that, like I said before, can be very overwhelming. So if you want them to figure out how to entertain themselves, <laughs> you got to give them that opportunity. And that's through doing nothing. L allow them to be bored. Allow those wheels to turn in their head to, head to say, what could I do? I did this the other day with my son. And I mean, I do it all the time now, but I had to figure that out. But the other day I tried it with my son and he, you know, he was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm bored, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> he eventually went upstairs to his room and made what he called was a layer. And then he'd put like some, it was a fort, you know, but he called it a layer. And he put a bunch of covers um, across his bed and his brother's bed. And they, in their beds are parallel to each other um, 
on the floor. And so there was space in the middle and they were kind of like hiding and playing underneath it and bringing toys under there. And I was here for that. Like, yes, this is what I want. I want you guys to play and be creative and use your imagination and play together and use toys and be active and not be on video games and not be in my face. Okay, like, yes, I will play with you and do some things, but I have found it got to the point that I would play with them and do something. As soon as that ended, what are we doing now? And we would do something. That's, what are we doing now? And I'm like, wait a minute now. I got a life too. <laughs> Who's going to, how are you going to eat dinner if nobody's in there cooking it? Okay. So um, definitely encourage them to figure some things out on their own. As for the sibling rivalry, this one is kind of simple, um, but it's one you have to remind yourself of. If you always figure out their problems for them, they're going to continue to come to you for that. Whereas if you give them a chance to problem solve themselves, then they will not, they shouldn't feel the need to always come to you to figure it out. So I will often allow my children to kind of argue it out to figure out how best to play with a toy or how best to deal with the situation. And I just sit back and listen. And sometimes they figure it out. And you know, other times I may have to step in and help out and say something. But if they immediately run to me when things don't go their way, then they're not exercising that skill of problem solving. So this one, while it may not fix itself you know, immediately or overnight, it is worth allowing them to try to think through those problems to figure out how can we solve this together. And that's going to be a great life skill for them later on in life. And it's also going to create more peace in the household right now. All right. So number six, uh, empower and equip your kids to be independent. Um. I am not going to spend a lot of time on this because I already spoke a little bit about it. But the more that you help them do things for themselves, the more they can do things for themselves, which means now you free up time for yourself. Right. Simple as that. If you want to hear a little bit more about that, I would suggest you listen to my last episode about building routines that serve you because I speak a little bit about that. All right. Number seven, take breaks from your kids. OK, you know how smokers take smoke breaks. Moms, take a mom break. Just, <laughs> it doesn't have to always be um, a babysitter or your, your, your spouse, you know, giving you the day off or your significant other giving you the day off or the kids going with your baby daddy or vacation. It doesn't even have to be that much. Okay. A smoker, okay. I'm using this as an example. Okay. We'll take a 10 minute smoke break and they be back, honey, back like they never left. Okay. Sometimes all you need is 10 minutes. <laughs> That could look like a ride to the store. You know, like, look, I just need to get out. I know we need some more paper towels. I'm going to go run and get those paper towels. You know, run an errand. You know, go pick up a prescription. Step out if you need to. Go upstairs. Go to a different level. If you see the kids are, you know, having their moment and they're doing whatever they're doing and you can step away for a moment, do that. Um, that could look like a shower. That could look like a bath. These small moments help, okay? They help you feel a bit more refreshed. They help you to take a step back and to give you the momentum you need to get through the rest of your day. If you're constantly on go mode, you will burn out. 
I mean, it's like that even with work. If you sat in, at your desk and did work for eight hours straight, you your eyes would burn clean out of your head, okay? From staring at the screen, your head, your brain will be tired. You're tired of problem solving. Your body's tired because it's been sitting still and ain't moved around. So in the same sense, you have to do that as a parent. It's okay to take a mom break. Let's make that the new norm. Let's let's just normalize mom breaks. Just like the smokers take the smoke breaks, okay? We're taking mom breaks. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, so give your kids chores that they already lean toward. There are certain things that um, your kids show interest in. Like my oldest, he want he likes sweeping, so he asked to sweep. Honey, that's your new chore. My youngest, um, he likes to run around with me when it's time to clean up the. Well, I call it play put back, but when it's time to clean up all the toys off the floor and put things back where they go, he is all about that. He's like, "Where does it, tell me where it goes, and I'm gonna go run and put it there." All right, baby, that's a chore <laughs> because what this does is makes them more eager to do chores, which, okay, yet again, only helps you out. There is no uh, handbook to this, to parenting. So I'm going to end with this. Go easy on yourself. Give yourself grace. There, While there are so many resources to learn how to parent, you know your children best. And you are with them majority of the time. So a lot of these things you already have insight into. Just with just like with the cleaning and the chores, you see the things that they are more much more willing to do versus the things that they absolutely dread. So as you go and you real and you figure out things that work, celebrate that. And when things don't, give yourself grace. Know that it's okay. Okay, every one of these tips might not work, but that doesn't mean it won't get you a step closer to the things that do work. So I want to end with going easy, giving yourself grace. This is the segment. Why didn't they tell us? Why didn't they tell us that parenting included teaching kids how to wipe, y'all, <laughs> or how to shower? I promise this is like the weirdest things that you will ever have to talk somebody through or show, okay? Trying to teach my eight-year-old how to shower by himself and talking him through all the steps. First of all, I got to recall the steps. Even though I do it every day, I'm like, okay, so what do you need to know in order to be able to like shower on your own? <laughs> Um, and also my four-year-old, you know, teaching him how to, how to wipe is just like the strangest thing. It is. Yeah. That is definitely one that takes the cake. Why didn't they tell us just how precious silence is? You know, I will sit in silence after my kids go to sleep for like the first anywhere between 10 minutes to 30 minutes. I will just sit there and soak up the silence. I will soak up the silence. It just wraps me up like a throw 
in the middle of a winter night, just warm and cozy, just beautiful golden silence. <laughs> why they didn't tell us parents that, okay? Uh, why didn't they tell us that uh, when kids learn to talk, that they don't stop, okay? They learn how to say mommy and it's a wrap. That's, they don't even have to have nothing to say. Just mommy, uh, mommy, uh, mommy. You'll be like, uh, do you have anything to say? No. Then why are you calling me? Or they will tell you a story that only takes 30 minutes to get out. Okay. You be sitting there like, okay, okay. <laughs> you what what's what was the point again and don't let you you know repeat back what you thought the point was honey they'll get you together real quick they'll tell you no that's not what i was saying i was saying this then they gotta start over you'll be like oh jesus give me patience <laughs> and uh the last one this is my favorite why didn't they tell us just how much of a superwoman moms truly are. It requires a special kind of person, a special kind of love, a special kind of energy, a special kind of resilience to be a mom. And I just want to take the time to say that you are doing a great job. I want to say, celebrate your motherhood and know that while it is not easy it is super rewarding and you are not alone okay we are all out here trying to figure out how to be our best selves for these kids we are out here busting our tails <laughs> and you're amazing you're a superwoman like you are a super hero every single day that you wake up and you care for your kids you nurture them you raise them you pour into them constantly okay every moment is a teaching moment and you keep them alive okay that matters <laughs> so that's all i have for today happy mother's day enjoy this upcoming sunday and we'll see you back here next monday on Relatable Rhetoric. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll check out other episodes and more importantly, find your stride, sis.